Hello, Conspirituality Podcast listeners. Welcome to a sample of a Patreon bonus episode. We release these every week for our subscribers. They're usually solo essays from our team. It costs $5 a month for access, and the support helps to keep us ad-free and editorially independent. You can sign up at patreon.com backslash conspirituality. Thank you. But here we go with the, you know, for us Christians, we know because we've taken this journey before and we've watched the stone be rolled away from the tomb and we know that Jesus was raised from the dead and we know that we will meet him and that even though we grieve the very real loss of Robert, uh, we know that he's gone on to be with the Savior. Um, and I sort of, that was the moment where I let out a little sigh and I half smiled and I leaned forward with my elbows on the pew and my hands supporting the side of my face. And I was like, Oh, you okay. bastard. Oh my gosh. Did anybody <laughs> no, see? I mean, it was very, I, I was, I was very, I don't know, man. You're, I don't know. You're, I don't know. I maybe, maybe it was, it was witnessed by somebody. I feel like I was, I was fairly, I was fairly um, undercover. But I was, I really found myself wondering like how many, and especially, you know, for someone like me where it's been 20 years since I was in a context like that. So I'm like, wow, I wonder how many people in this room really are feeling that this piece of the service is an essential ingredient in the alchemy of solace as, as they're longing for, or if they're just sort of humoring this as like, oh, you know, we have to have this required reference to to the life of Jesus and how it means something profound about the nature of death. I think that there's a number of other possibilities okay. that for the for the um, observant Catholic that that language may not even register as a departure from what preceded it. That as uh, he moves into theology and out of the personal so they've you're describing that there have been personal remembrances and 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 eulogies and appropriate readings and so on then you're describing a movement towards the central sacrament which is the celebration of the you know communion mass uh the final communion mass that robert will be a part of in a way um and so everything that has been hyper-personalized is now moving towards theological truth in the ritual that you're describing. And I think the observant Catholic just knows that that's where it's going. Just knows that after the personal reminiscences, that the deeper truth underneath the you know, ephemerality of our personal lives is the mystery of salvation. Right. And so it would just be inevitable that the priest at a certain point would turn the page and suddenly be reading off of a, uh, you know, out of, uh, off of, you know, from golden ink or something like that. And suddenly he's speaking about what we all know to be true about the nature of reality and death. So um, I also think that for, um, you know, uh, uh, maybe not observant, but creative and perhaps almost lapsed Catholics, there's a way in which that flip into theology invokes a kind of nostalgia that is laden with, um, uh, you know, mystery and poetry. And that's where the 
performative ability of the priest comes in handy and it might be irritating or it might be really electrifying. Um, and, and it's hard to tell, like sometimes the person who really goes for it and tries to deliver it with some kind of panache just comes off like an asshole. And the person who, uh, is completely subtle and nerdy about it, uh, really invokes a kind of, uh, quiet space. But, you know, if I, if I was there, um, I think a very old part of my brain would flip on that would say two things at the same time that, uh, um, this is the ridiculous part. And, and that's where I would like resonate with you sighing there. But then the other part would, that would flip on would be, um, well, of course, this, these are the things that we say and that we've said for thousands of years because we don't actually know what to say. Like these, this is the consensus agreement that we've come to with regard to expressing grief. Uh, in the absence of any better explanation, I had both of those things too, right? I had the, I had the like mildly exasperated, like, oh God, I was, I was right. It, it actually still is this thing that I, that I find kind of ludicrous. But at the same time, I also had that other, that other awareness that was saying, you know, this is, this is in this context, this is how these people make sense of it. And of, and of course, this is what's being said. Um, but I think, I have my own little sticking place with all of that where I feel like, and this is, this is where I can be dogmatic. I feel like the true process of grieving is in some way muted or distorted or denied through this false claim about what happens after you die. And that, and that really coming to terms with death is this, you know, really important existential um, work to be done. And, you know, I'm less, I'm less committed to that as a dogmatic position than I, than I would have been, say, 10 or 15 years ago. What I wonder about that, I, I, I absolutely understand what you're saying. And I think realizing that the rote liturgical kind of escapism into theology at a certain point seems to cover over a kind of, you know, absence or a vacuum of gravitas it's like it's 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 too easy to turn the page and read out of the book because somebody has died um i think that realizing that as a teenager um that did you know push me out the door of the church uh i felt like you people are pretending to um round something up you people are pretending to explain something, you people are really. I, the, the way what I remember it occurring to me that the stronger the claim um, the person was making about what happened after death, the stronger the claim the person was making about, you know, sin or, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, or, or, or what God wanted for your life, the more doubt Mm -hmm. they must actually have about what is happening in their existence. Like, so I started to see, um, theological claims as expressions of doubt actually, and, and expressions of anxiety, in fact. Um, but (laughs) I also have, I guess I've been alive long enough and I've revisited these spaces enough 
to realize that there can be an acclimatization process to um, the fact that a ritual just exists and that in the absence of anything else to do with other people, this is as good a thing to do as any. Uh, and, and that, um, and that you never really know what people believe when they say a thing, you know, it's like, it's like, I, I remember this feeling that I had after maybe funeral 847 or whatever, when I'm listening to the celebrant say, um, I commend the soul of so-and-so to God as they're walking around the coffin sensing it. And I remember just feeling this deep melancholy because I realized that maybe the priest didn't feel that it was true. Um, and, and that even, and, and, but I didn't have the bitterness of thinking you must be making that up. Father Arbor, you must be you must be bullshitting right now. It was more like you're doing this melancholic thing that you can't actually be certain of, and you're doing it because you don't know what else to do, and it sucks. And I'm here with you too. And so that's why, like, I, I'm I'm always I'm always a little bit uh, hesitant to be very clear about or to or to make assumptions about what people are feeling when they say they believe something because i think believing something or saying it or showing that you believe something can feel many different ways at the same time actually it can be a very conflictual thing 